on with us, that would be awesome too. If you want to go ahead and text <laughs> Will Farrell and say, Hey man, can you jump on the show? Can that would be on? great. I wish. <laughs> and uh, at the same time, we'll, we'll, we'll have a great time, even if Will doesn't show up. Um, so. <laughs> and do you want to discuss the movie that you have coming out at all? Is that something that you want to if highlight? It- all right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live. With Jackson Callum, I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guests, guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Ultimately, I just want to go through some of the things that might help you with your vision. If you have a vision that you're pursuing, drop a link in the comments and let us know what that is. If that's a business or a brand, um, if it's a nonprofit that you run, be happy to promote it, be happy to talk to you about it. And if you'd like to apply to be on Vision Pros and be interviewed about that vision, then by all means, feel free to reach out. Hi there, and welcome to Vision Pros Live. I'm your host, Jackson Callum, founder of First Class Business, co-founder of Able Health, CEO of Podbooker. And I'm super excited to have Krista Gano on today. She is the co-founder of Innovative Improv Solutions, and she's all about laughter and making better cultures, uh, creating better better feelings within company cultures. I'm excited for her to explain that even better than I can. Uh, She's got so much experience uh, as a former executive director of Groundlings. If you look up Groundlings, Groundlings is one of the the incubators for SNL cast members. So uh, Will Ferrell went through their program. Melissa McCarthy went through their program. A lot of people went through, uh, I shouldn't say that program, but that that learning opportunity to become actors and become famous. So uh, very, very cool uh, background in terms of working with people that you and I are both familiar with watching on the big screen. Uh, She knows a lot about producing movies too. We might talk about that a little bit today, but most importantly, I want to make sure that I extract from her the value she puts out there for entrepreneurs um, who are striving to build great organizations because she has some super secret powers about how to unlock great relationships within a company, within an organization. So without further ado, uh, Krista, I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get you on live with me. Hello. It's great to have you today. Thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Um, so Chris and I met a couple weeks back, and some of y'all know on the show that I've been, I put out this uh, message to a bunch of thought leaders and, and uh, people in some type of leadership capacity. They either had to be a coach, an entrepreneur, an executive of some type. And the question was um, about cultures and uh you know, what's what's going on with negativity in cultures? I loved her answer. We went pretty deep on that. Um, and we just formed this friendship and bond over it. We really we really align in like how we see the world and, and how we want to treat people and, and how we want people to feel. And I was like, man, she's Krista, you're so amazing. I got to bring you on the show and talk a little bit more about your vision. Um, so I've done a little bit of an introduction. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, so, I mean, I was, I was just a girl with a dream. Um, I, I was very, you know, I came up through theater, through live theater and then into film. And, um, and then I was fortunate to be working at a pretty high level and started to notice um, how many of the skills that I seem to have innately that others just didn't 
that in, they just didn't have, whether, you know, when you're an actor, you really understand, you, you start to watch human behavior. It's what we do. Right. And so even though I don't maybe have a degree in psychology or some of these things, I was, I was able to really intuitive see and, and hear and know what needed to be done to help people sort of connect faster. And, and that's what theater and film really is. It's creating great and teams with a variety of artisans who have a variety of backgrounds. So that's all, that's what filmmaking is. And, <laughs> and so um, at the Groundlings, when I, you know, that was, I always say running the Groundlings is like running a, a, a small country um, <laughs> 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 of comedians, a small country of comedians. Um, that uh, what, what I learned at one point, I thought, you know, these skills that, that we have in improv um, give and take, uh, listening, uh, respect, trust, tone, commitment, um, setting each other up for success, joyfully, uh, struggling joyfully. All of these concepts were concepts that could be brought over into a corporate space to help make things better. And so uh, I partnered with my, my founder, David, who's an alum of the Groundlings, and we started really working through, like, how, how do we work through the process, which I know people know the uh, yes and, although I think it's been perhaps misused and overused, but how do we really yeah. bring those concepts into places to help them have, um, have just better days? And, and then I started consulting for Kaiser Permanente, which was so phenomenal because not only was I helping doctors on the front lines and giving them tools that they could use immediately when they went back um, to work, but with both their staff and their patients, um, but they were happier and they were more efficient. And then the wonderful thing about working with Kaiser is that they, because they're such a big company, they do their own, um, they do their own sort of studies and they have this great studies around empathy in the workplace. And, and so it was really, it was, you know, it was really awesome to go from this, like, I know this helps, but no one can, you know, I used to have companies call and say, it's working, but I don't understand why. And I go, I don't know. It, you know, it, <laughs> it just does. And, and so, and so it was really great to be working within an organization that really did put some of those studies down into context. They've got some great papers out about communication and empathy in the workplace and to really be able to scientifically prove what we already knew, which is why this is helping. Mm, that's awesome. I, I want to dive right into this power of laughter, um, you know, and the empathy and, and how this comes together for a company environment. Um, so talk to me about this. What, what do you know about the power of laughter that we should all know? I think it's a great space for us to let down our guard, be vulnerable and learn and, and also see each other. Let down our guard. Mm -hmm. So we have to do that um, and be well, vulnerable I, I <laughs> who yeah. we are and, and, yeah. and learn. So how do you, how do we go about that? Go ahead. Sorry. So that's a great concept. And it's like, yeah. whoa. But scary. laughter is the modality. You know, there's a few things that when you really think about it, think about people who are um, at a, a huge sports championship and the, someone does, I'm not a sports person, but somebody mm -hmm. shoots the winning basket because we just had basketball and you could be sitting next to complete strangers and everyone's going to ah, joy, joy, yeah. joy, joy, joy. I'm going to hug you. I don't even know you. And what happens is everything is stripped away. Mm. Our guards are down and we're left with humanity. Laughter does the same thing. Ooh, I got chills. Yeah. So laughter does the same thing. Like we're all in a room together where, you know, we're laughing together and all of a sudden 
I'm going to make this up. All of a sudden, Donna from accounting isn't quite as, as irritating anymore because you realize that on the weekend she plays saxophone and she has two dogs named Birdie and, and, and uh, you know, Bodie. <laughs> you know, now uh -huh. all of a sudden her humanity is cracked open and we are allowed to see each other as humans and to, and, and to have vulnerable moments. But the modality was through an exercise that brought us through laughter to see that. So that's how I see laughter. And I think there's a great book that we love um, called Play. Here I've got the name Play by Dr. Stuart Brown. Um, and he, from, a, from an MD standpoint, talks about what play does to us physically, how it lowers our heart rates, how it um, creates space for us to think differently mm. take us from what we say is our lizard brain to our wizard brain. Um, how, yeah, <laughs> how we can, like yeah, isn't that fun? So pl that's a really great book if, for, for people to look at what, why bringing play into the workplace as scary as some leaders may find it because they think we need to be super serious at work. Um, that it really actually is the opposite. It's incredibly helpful. And it, it also create, it creates longevity, um, healthy, physically healthier um, uh, staff members and, um, and efficiency, to be honest. That's awesome. Okay. So emotional waste. That's the other, it lowers emotional waste. Excellent. So you've, you've very much piqued my interest. I'm thinking of some of the offices that I've been a part of. And I think of the show The Office too, right? You got people who seem almost impossible to break open. What's that? What's that like? How do you, you know, how do you get people to go from like almost an inner hostility to vulnerable? Do you mind revealing some of those secrets? I don't. I actually think we all desire to connect and i always say we want to we we are as humans we're as human beings we're built to witness and to be witnessed so in some cases it's actually not that hard at all to get to lower people's defenses because they are so surface they are they are a mask so to speak that we wear um because we are we've got an we've got another emotion on the outside nervousness um fear whatever that is so when you create a safe and i'm not going to say it's easy i don't know if i can give you a tip i think part of the reason why you bring a company in like innovative improv is because we have specialized for 16 years in making safe spaces for people to be able to do this and it's not it's not the i mean the improv is a modality the the ex the experiential exercises is is a way to get there um but it's, you know, David and I are also very good at uh, just having a space where we can be open, honest and safe together um, and do it very quickly, partially in using the tools that we teach everybody else in those workshops. So um, but I don't think it's that I think people are aching for it. So I don't think it's as hard as what you think. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. So. Let's dive into this. Um, you brought up something I think is super important. It's the obvious, uh, to me, it's the expert in you talking about it, the safe spaces. Um, there's the implementation of this that can occur, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and the, you know, let's talk first about the companies who might attempt to do this on their own, right? I hear you talk about, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go in my company and let's exaggerate a bit here, but I'm going to go and I'm going to demand that everybody laughs on Fridays, um, you know, or uh, 
I'm going to go and I'm going to create this game and it's going to be super fun and everybody's just going to love it. Right. I, yeah. I, I know what's going to happen. Right. We yeah. have our silly expectations in life that sometimes get in the way. But uh, can you think of some stories or some uh, maybe more importantly, what does ugly look like? What does the bad look like if somebody does attempt to do this by themselves? What are some of the dangers that that actually exist? Because I can think of a few off my head, but I'd love to hear from you first. Yeah, You know, I think it's a loss of trust. I mean, when you're trying to say, I'm going to go into a space and I'm going to build trust. And then there's a loss of trust. You know, how do I... um, a comedian who is a great comedian, that's just, a, it looks effortless. Like they just sort of woke up funny one day. In fact, I had someone say that to me about Will Ferrell. They said, they, I, someone did a sketch for me and, and, and I said, and I gave them some feedback and they said, well, I just don't understand why you don't think it's funny because I mean, Will Ferrell is just funny. And I was like, Will Ferrell worked for a lot of years for you to feel like he effortlessly is funny. You know, and it doesn't mean that funny isn't doesn't exist in people. And we don't when we go in, we I just want to make it just because I'm using that example. We do not train people to be funny. We train people to communicate, which is what improvisers do. But there's I think that when there's something is fun or appear or is for others, something that looks like it's a hobby, that there is a misperception that it wasn't that it didn't take craft to get to an expert level. So I will sometimes have people say, we don't want to do, we don't want, you know, your help with applied improv because um, James took improv in high school and he's going to lead it. It's a great idea. How awesome was that? James is, James did improv in high school, so he's going to lead it. Well, James, all due respect to James and, and, and his high school experience doing improv, it's, you know, to teach it. Um, hold space for it, uh, know when to push and pull, to have everybody in mind who in that space and what their experience is without having the immediate ties to like, oh, that's my boss or, oh, I don't like Linda or whatever that is. Like these are, you know, when it goes badly, it can go really badly. Um, And, and, you know, and for us, we don't, we don't have some of that. First of all, we've been doing it for years and years and years and years and years. And there's zero fear from us. There's zero, you know, we're excited to be there. We're going to joyfully jump in. Like it's like nobody's business. And we also just don't have some of the interpersonal situations that might be have, but so that the other group might be having that. So we can be an outside observer. And there was a great mentor I worked with who said, you should never be teaching or coaching the class you should be a part of. Hmm. And that's why you should bring an outside person in because if someone from your workforce or who is a, who is an employee or who is a team member or whatever says, Nope, I have this thing. I swear I can do it they are still coming in tied to an experience there. They're not an outside. So, so it's like, I don't want to trust James because I don't, you know, whatever, like there, there's a baggage there already that doesn't, that will impede the ability for people to relax. Love that. You should never be teaching or coaching the class that you are part of. That you should um, be a part of. Yeah. Like for example, if you, you are, you should not be nice. teaching, a class on grief. If you are in the smack dab center of grief, you know, we need to have perspective of being on the outside in order to hold space for others to have the experience, not us. I love it. I love it. So diving a little bit deeper on this good, bad, and ugly scenario. One of the things that I would say from my experience, having been in a similar class with a doctor um, who was doing this for a networking group, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, it was, it was interesting to see that the bad and the ugly came out, mm. but she was well prepared to redirect it towards good. Yes. And that, you know, the rest of us would not have known or had the capability of doing so. So what ended up happening was she did this exercise with us. That was a lot of fun and it was mm -hmm. pretty intense. And you could instantly like see and feel the vibes of the people who were, uh, you know, leading well and participating well. And those who were trying to control the experience and kind of like ruining it for people. And one of the people who was most who was ruining it most for everybody was the director of the networking group. Um, right. So she's in charge and she's causing all these problems. And so she at the end is trying to like dissect why things went wrong and, you know, and, and kind of pointing fingers at people. And I think most of us were, uh, we were seasoned enough to know that the journey was really the goal, Yeah. but she was not catching it at all. Um, yeah. and we weren't in a position to be able to help her catch that. She learned something completely different, but through the facilitation, um, the, the abilities of the doctor who was running this, she was able to help her see what she was supposed to learn out of the experience. And none of us had to call her out yeah. uh, or, or ruin our networking experience um, or, or our position with her in this organization that we had um, because we had an expert there to facilitate that. Yeah, so is that, does that yeah. allude to kind of the Abs experience? Absolutely. And, you know, I can push where others can't too, you know, and um, because it is like in one of the things that we I used to do with Kaiser Permanente is actually incredibly risky for many. Um, they had this great part of the program where we got to sit where we we had a coach and an improv actor who we would build a scenario. Uh, I, I, and I, I see other people terrified to do this. I, this is one of my favorite things to do. But they built built a scenario that they are personally struggling with. So I um, I am having a lot of conflict with the with the nurse I work with. I don't feel like the rooms are restocked, and I'm having to have a coaching conversation with her about it. And um, I want to try it out. And so we say, okay, great. So uh, give me some of the traits that the nurse has. And she, they say she's defensive. She's this, she's this. And so we'd go out with the actor and we'd, and we'd come back in in a second, we'd say go. And then I would sit on the sidelines. And when things started to go awry, I would go like, okay, hold, pause. How are we doing? <laughs> you know? And, and, and I only, and I bring that up, not because I think, I personally think it's brilliant. It takes a lot of bravery, Kaiser Permanente. Wow. I mean, like awesome work. But the reason I bring it up is because in those moments, of, because I created a lot of safety before we stepped into those small group rooms, I was able to, and the actor was able to say, this is how it felt when you said X. When you said, I, all I want from you, Darla, is to stock my rooms. I felt like you were saying, I don't ever do a good job ever. And in the moment, because I always say like, you know, it's very rare you have a, co a coaching conversation and then when afterwards you can look at someone and go like, how was that for you? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so and we right. were able to really do that using improv and using a space after we had a lot of fun and laughter to then say, OK, now let's work on something very personal and private. And it took and, and hands down. I'll tell you, I 100% of the time, I think I've got a 100% record. 
maybe I remember one that didn't have fun doing it. So maybe 98. Um, I, uh, I, I, they would say, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I would just sit there and go like, listen, we're all going to get in the hot seat, every single one of you. So someone's going to go now. So let's go. And we would just do it. And then hands down, that was the most valuable thing I've ever learned in my career. Mm. So being able to also be in a space to say, I'm going to push you a little bit into maybe a, a space that you're not used to being in. And we're going to, and I'm going to hold you through it. Um, and we're going to have fun and we're going to laugh and we're going to not take it too seriously, but we're also going to talk about stuff that really matters in our day to day. So reframe that one more time for me. The number one thing that you learned in, in, in new words was, was you reframe, I want what? your words on that. About what? You said the number one thing that you learned in your career, was it to, oh. was it to push and to get somebody onto uh, into it, that hot seat? It, it's to help people be brave sort of for them, really. I mean, that's what I do. Like I create a bridge between okay. like the, the thing that you want and where you are. And I get to be the bravery bridge where I go, well, let's go try it out. Let's go play. Let's play. And, see and it's happens. an invitation still, right? Mm -hmm. So you're inviting them, but you're inviting them to go with you. Yeah. Um, you say let's. I think it, I, these it's these dynamic word choices that sometimes cause all the difference, right? You know, uh, let's make fun of this a little bit. Like, let's say there's a romantic comedy. Um, you know, and and some and the the woman says, "I love you," and he goes, "I like you." Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know well, what's coming next in that scene? That's what we say with yes and, right? It's like yes and is really about whether you're saying yeah and or but. So I could say to you, this was a great, actually a great example for the doctors. I could say to you, um, if I were your doctor and you were struggling with diabetes, let's say, I could say, um, Jackson, it sounds like you want to control your diabetes with diet and exercise, but it's time for you to consider insulin. Okay. I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to change one word. Jackson, I, I understand you want to um, control your diabetes through diet and exercise, and it's time we consider insulin. Yeah, my heart feels better. That is better because you're saying, I heard what you just said and I want to add to it as opposed mm -hmm. to, I heard what you said, but here's my agenda. And it's yes. one word. Yes. Same words, one word change. And, yes. and, to, and here's a tip for anyone who's out there. Start it in your emails. Mm -hmm. Don't even try to start it in your verbal. Just start it in your emails. Every single time you want to write, but figure out a different way to say that sentence. And, and usually, like you said, and, and it's with the word and, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and I love that you you put a caveat in, in the beginning for those who are more on the expert level of communications, at least with this terminology, right? Mm -hmm. Some people overuse it, um, you know, and, and you can abuse it just like the words, I love you. You know, you can't, if you, as a kid, you learn to do that to your parents, you know, to try mm -hmm. to get what you want. Is that the more I say I love yeah. you? Or if I give more hugs, um, you know, then I'll get out of trouble um, yeah. faster. And that, that manipulation wears off. Um, yeah. Right. It, it doesn't work the same way because it's not authentic. Um, and at the same time, if you learn to use yes and in a healthy fashion where you, you really mean it, um, you know, you're trying to bring people up, uh, then it can have a very positive effect and a lasting effect on your relationship. So speaking of well, that. And it's a mindset, oh, right? Ahead. It's a mindset, not just the words. So True. when you're in an improv with 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 say with yes and which is the reason why it was or how it was created you know someone could come up and say start a, a scene by saying um wow uh that storm is that storm that's coming is really bad 
And if you and if you're going to disagree that that storm was bad, you you can disagree. You just have to acknowledge that you both were talking about the same thing. Right. So it's not. Yes. And as a mindset of how can Mm -hmm. I acknowledge you and build on to something together as opposed to I'm just going to constantly say yes. And and then still say bad stuff anyway. (laughs) Like, you know, it really is a mindset. <laughs> it's so true. It is. It's the same. And it goes parallel with the mindset. Now that you've made me think about this now um, with the mindset of problem oriented versus solution oriented. Yeah. Right? They, they very yeah. similar. Glass is half empty. Glass is half full. Right. We, once we learn what the glass is half empty, glass is half full thing means, it's no longer a valuable analogy. Right, because we know what we're supposed to answer, but it doesn't necessarily mess with our psyche. But this yes and concept, or rather, and this yes and concept, yeah. helps us understand: are we are we focusing on the problems and the negativity, yeah. or are we seeing the solutions? And, and when and you start your emails, you can do delete, 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 which is why it's a great place to start to think about it differently. Because I don't write; I usually don't will not tell anybody something I can't do any any longer. Oh, I love that. Right. I'm going to circle back real quick okay. to Timothy. Uh, Timothy, thank you for your comment. I know this is in relation to Will Ferrell and what we talked about. The results are from what they don't see of what happens in the dark, um, right? So in other words, whatever you're practicing behind the scenes, you're a guitar player, um, you know, if you are acting, whatever it is, there's so many things you have to go through and do in order to win. Um, it's It's usually not just a natural born given talent where you just come out singing like an opera singer um so well said timothy thank you for contributing and uh 10 year and overnight success (laughs) right exactly 10 year overnight success um so why is uplifting teams important to you krista um we spend a especially in this country i think a vast majority of our time working and I think, you know, when we have this idea or this ideal that we should like what we do. And that, of course, is not even if you're in the thing that there's I do what I, I'm very blessed that I get to do what I love to do. And there's a ton of the stuff involved in this dream job, supposedly, that I have that stinks. So <laughs> like really like the admin chasing things, like said, you know, the tech, like there's a lot of Operation. stuff that's a slog no matter what you're doing. And so yeah. I guess for me, I just feel like if we're going to spend in some cases more time doing the work with our teams than we are in at home at different, you know, different, if, especially if you're involved in a project or in different times, then you should figure out how to enjoy it, get along and, and make things faster easier and better um you know so i guess that's why it's not just about i mean i want people to be able to have that work-life balance by being able to have a work life that is you know has some fun infused into it i'm gonna go cheesy on this um because i like cheesy but like you, you basically said you understand the value of fulfilling the american dream um, you know, for, for others is what I heard is that ideal of mm-hmm. wanting to love what you do, wanting to have that, you want to bring that to other people. And when you do something like that too, like it does, it does fill you when you get the mm-hmm. chance to see the results of that. But like sure. you said too, it's, uh, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you don't, you're not always putting the ball in the hoop for the winning shot to go back to the sports analogy. You know, a lot of the work that, that is done is the types of workouts that, that I dread 
Um, you know, I, I, I dread 10,000 steps and I dread, you know, a hundred sit-ups. Um, but those professional athletes, you know, that's a walk in the park for them at this point yep. because they have hours and hours and hours of body maintenance that they're up to and mind maintenance that they're up to in order to compete at the highest levels. Um, I, so. I also think too, Jackson, that we, I, I see at least that a huge amount of training, um, because a lot of it's technical. So this is not a knock on anybody on, on trainers or coaches or anything like that, because a lot of it has to be technical, but I think a lot of it is a slog. Like, it's not like someone wakes up in the morning and goes, Oh, I got this eight hour training I get to go to today. So, you know, and I think, you know, and often when we, when you to use your analogy about working out, finding the time to work out feels for many of us, like it's just hard to do finding the time to train or to improve our communication skills. I could look at people all day long and say, you will feel better. Your days will go better. You will be happier if you can take this chunk out of time to spend on yourself. Cause it really is self-care at some level. Um, and for leaders, it's self-care for their people. And yet it feels like a slog. And that is because we have sat and looked at computer screens or PowerPoints or, uh, you know, telling us how we could be for so much time that it feels like it's going to be hard. And the thing that is, I think a breath of fresh air from what we do is we just don't do any of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it, and, 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 and in the same way of wrapping a really beautiful uh, thinker into a film and having people later go like, huh, that was funny, but it was also really about, you know, pay disparity in a country. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, in the same way of doing that, what we do does that around communication. It's uh -huh. fun. It's delightful. People leave energized, but they also go, I'm more self-aware. I understand how I could use different tools. And I understand that if I have a presumption of positive intent, that maybe my day will go better. That's exciting. That's really exciting. So you've, you probably work with a lot of executives. Um, you know, these firms that you've worked with, I saw Sony on the list. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you've, you mentioned um, other big companies. Mm -hmm. My question for you is what advice do you have for entrepreneurs? Um, you know, and, and a lot of the listeners here are, are newer in the field mm -hmm. of entrepreneurship. Um, let's go towards those that are three to five years in business. Okay. They have teams of uh, 10 to 50. Um, okay. you know, uh, uh, that are in place or that's their aspiration is to grow to that. If you could plant a seed of confidence and value in an entrepreneur's mind so they can understand the true value of this, what, what would that look like? What advice would you give them? Work doesn't always have to look like work. Hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I understand, especially when you're an entrepreneur, because I am one too, you know, I have had the full night, the, the all night long, literally pressing a button 500 times trying to figure out what button I missed to get the thing to show up on the website. Like we, we're, and we are. I'm going to reframe what you said a little bit, because you said it the positive way. I'm going to go towards the consequence a little bit. Mm. If work always looks like work, it's not going to work. Yeah. No, like and, I, and what I, we get stuck on as entrepreneurs is we want to drive tasks sometimes too much. And so we're drivers. Yeah. That's exactly right. I was going to say we're drivers and we're also, this is my pitfall. I can say it flat out. It's why I'm a consultant is <laughs> that it's hard. It, it my is, is that you, how do I say this? There's two different things. I've had to really learn that my work ethic is not the work ethic of my team. Mm -hmm. 
and and to really leave space for that and to take right. the voice that sits back here that says why aren't you doing what i want you to do because blah, blah and go like wait a second they have work-life balance you might actually envy them if you look at <laughs> a moment like i you know so that so that is a big piece of the puzzle for entrepreneurs but i also think this you know you will get more from your people if they are delighting in being there. And I mean, he's laughing at me in the background. So I got to bring him on. He's going, <laughs> Jackson's like that. Jackson. <laughs> no, it's, you're it's, muted, Jaime, but it come back when you're not muted. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> but that, that is the truth. You know, we are drivers and there's a great, there's, there's an upside to that. Like we can move mountains, but the, but once you, the mountain needs to be moved with a team, yeah. You you have to adjust on how the and how the health of the team, um, like taking a pause to allow to ask yourself what is the best way to have the my team healthy and strong, which is not always the work. Sometimes it is in the play. The be they will do anything for you. It's sort of you know they always teach you as a you know when you're parenting or in leadership like how many coins can you put into the bank in order to ask the favor later, but you mm -hmm. have to be putting the coins into the bank. You have to be saying, go home. There's no, the project doesn't need you right now. You've got a kid who needs you, or you've got to be able to say, let's laugh together. Let's all have lunch and just, and for no reason, no one said, no, there's not any like, Hey, we're going to like, try to, <laughs> we're going to like, try to talk about goals in the middle of lunch. <laughs> but, right. and I know that's hard as an entrepreneur because we usually, this is our idea. It's our thing. We're passionate about it. I, I have friends who look at me and go, you know, I just don't want to talk about work. And I'm like, what? I know. what do you mean? It's what you live for. <laughs> but your team isn't like that. So we have to meet them where right. they are. Yes. Yes. So, so well said. Um, and, and I, I always hope that my team calls me out on it when I'm not right. That's mm -hmm. like the, the ultimate aspiration that I have is because it, it can be very hard when you love what you do, right? And if you love what you do, and this is like your, your everything, um, then it can be very hard to remember those other sides. But if you take the opportunity, man, I'm really bad at this yes and thing. Um, I'm realizing that more and more on this call. Um, so <laughs> um, It sneaks up on you. <laughs> right, it really does. Um, so I'll own that. The the opportunity that I have to turn to my team and realize like, okay, are there are other areas of balance that I need to be gravitating towards. I've, I've kind of opened my eyes to that. I found my team driving more balance into me, which ends up in turn driving more value for everybody. And I, I love the analogy from the Bible. Um, you know, that, that basically, I don't know the exact scripture, but it says, you know, like the head can't tell the hand that it's not important. Um, you know, the same thing with the eye and the foot, like, every part of the body has a very different role in what they do. Um, you know, and so if you've got somebody who's operating as the pinky, um, you know, they're not going to do the same weight of, of tasks as the shoulders will, yeah. but it doesn't mean they're not valuable. Right. It's just different. And until you can learn to make yeah. space for those realities, uh, I call our design team, the heart and soul of first class business. They, they are their, their work comes out. And every time you see it, you're just like, oh, like that picture says a thousand words. Um, you know, there's but that's that your creative oh. team, right? Yes. 
See, and that's the thing that I think people don't understand often when they're working with creative teams and more and more and more now that you have to have content, now that you've got, you know, people are have the admin is having to work with creative. And there are lots of times where creative looks like they're not doing a darn thing. And be, because mm -hmm. the creative, good creative comes from space. It comes from often, you know, there, who was it? There's a famous screenwriter who takes like, 13 showers a day because that's where he gets, there's actually a lot of science around the ideas you get in a shower. Really? I've had some visions in the shower. Yeah. Totally because that. there's, and guess why? Because you're naked and vulnerable under warm water and it allows your brain to open up a different passage than someplace else. So there are creative. I don't have to do the cold shower thing that the health people talk about. Well, yes! yeah, you, can, you can do that, but it's going <laughs> to shut that vision down now. But it is, there, there, I mean, there are people who will take multiple showers or they need to take a bike ride or they need to do a creative. The success in creativity looks different than a linear nine to five drive to a results for admin. And so to get those two sides of the, you know, of the struggle to understand each other, to understand that admin does need things so that they can actually take your vision and put it into reality based on goals. And also for, for admin to understand that creatives might need to go take the bike ride in the middle of the day. And if they watch them struggling up against a wall, they might want to suggest it. Those are things that are very important when you're, when you're starting to work with teams in those different, in, in those different ways of processing information. I love that. And I, I love that. And you bring up such a great point, like also helping the departments understand the, the different styles of work, right? It yeah. can create a level of empathy. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, this is task oriented and therefore it needs to be done. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as a, as a documented registered process of, of like over and over and over routine type thing, whereas again, helping them understand the difference in the art side, but also creating a, a we also have an opportunity to create space in a company for people who may be misplaced, um, mm -hmm. you know, right? Somebody who's, who, who applied for and started as an admin and they've got the unique capability of also doing design. And if mm -hmm. you're not communicating with them, you know, about what they want to do, that can build up a, a sentiment of resentment, sure. um, you know, and, and like feeling left out or, or feeling misplaced. Not everybody's blessed with, you know, those candid communication skills of, hey, mm -hmm. I really want to be over there. Yeah. Um, you know, can I apply for it? So. Ooh, a lot, a lot to learn for entrepreneurs, well, right? And I think, yeah, and, the, and that's the challenge, right? I mean, I think it's really important as an entrepreneur to probably understand that nobody else in the room is going to want is going to want to succeed as much as you. Um, and they, and it's not their job to. You've hired them to do a job, and it's not their job to hold your vision in the same way you're holding your vision. However, at some point, you probably, if if this is not your, it's also recognizing where your where your gifts are, because if your gift is not in what you said, seeing someone else's gifts and maybe helping them transition, then you should find find someone to bring to your team to be the eyes and ears in that space if you are not able to do that and work with them. Because I mean, I think being an entrepreneur is often like being a film director. It's about building a team and then making sure that the team is healthy and safe to do the best work they possibly can on behalf of your vision. And that is, and, and, and inside, you know, exciting them about that vision so that they do come to work excited to do their, to put their best artistry forward. Um, mm. That's really, uh, so, you know, when I people go like, how's your, how are your two balances? And I'm like, well, I'm a film, you know, I'm a film producer and director. And then I also do this. They're really in many ways, the same thing, just a different location. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I want to ask you about the program itself for yep. innovative improv solutions. Um, mm-hmm. If a company wants to go through the process of understanding this is for them, um, you know, what, what types of uh, aspirations can they have? Um, mm-hmm. And all about what, what that looks like. How does the onboarding work? Uh, do you do like a, an analysis up front? Tell us as much as you can about uh, what that would look like if somebody were to reach out to sure. you. Sure. So we will often work with um, a learning and development team in, at our larger companies. For our, for our smaller companies, someone will just give us a call. And not surprising, Jackson, we're an improv company. So we will uh, we will work with you. We will sit down with you and say, what are your goals? What is the demographic of your company? What are you hoping to get to? What are the, what are the things that you think might be coming up over and over again that you're, that you don't know how to address? What is, what do, what does all of that look like? And then, um, we will, uh, so we'll just talk through and then we will, David and I will go and for the most part, sit down and say, and come up with a program that we would suggest for you and, or, or several different programs. And then we'll bring it back to you and say, let's talk it through and see what works and give the client the opportunity to say, I love this. I hate this. Is there something for this? And, and oftentimes there've been lots of, lots of, uh, programs that we have created exercises specifically for the needs of a certain, um, client. And um, just pull, pulling from the exercises that we know we have and how we can shift it and change it. So it worked in an applied improv um, space. And then we go from there. So it's actually, mm-hmm. even though there are parts of the programs that we offer that are not customized because they are the parts that get us into the space of safety, we have, so like the beginning of each one of our courses is very similar. It's sort of like a warm up. Like we just got to get people feeling like, oh, oh I'm not going to die. Everything's okay. Uh, and then, and then after that, we can really customize it to, um, to do a lot of different things. Um, talk about empathy in the workplace, talk about presentation skills, talk about, um, how to, uh, connect, how to, um, how to change our tone of voice from, um, you know, aggressive to assertive, what people are seeing, like we can do all kinds of things once we get beyond, you know, into that space of safety. I love that. And, and to remind everybody, uh, it's not about the activities um, no. that are done and you can find the activities on Pinterest or Google, you can do those things, but you won't have that facilitator who can manage appropriately the bads and the uglies, the, the, the yeah. types of conflict that can come out of that, you really do need somebody to help facilitate that from the outside. I'm a, I'm a very firm believer in that. I, yeah. I love uh, that, that we brought that up today and that, that you recognize that as a company and that we didn't accidentally overlook the, the power of that for, for the yeah. audience who's listening in. So if you want to get in touch with Krista, I imagine you can reach out to her on LinkedIn, Facebook, mm-hmm. all the traditional social media platforms that exist. You can also go to her website and read through more about um, what it is they do and see some pictures of, of the experience. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to your ability to jump on the phone and talk to her vulnerably, I imagine, about what's going on in your workplace and what results do you want to have. And the more vulnerable and transparent you are about the reality of your situation, the more you're going to empower her and David to know what to do to help you move forward faster. Um, yeah. You know, Strip yourself down to that point of being able to be open and honest about it. Is there anything else you'd like to add today, Krista? I want to say that for entrepreneurs who are out there who are in maybe some of those smaller teams that you're talking about, um, often they're skewing younger. And this is, this is how millennials and Gen Z love to learn. They love to learn experientially with laughter. They love to learn through entertainment. They love to, this is so for, for, so don't, you know, really think about this type of thing. This is right up the alley of a young team. Um, and, and it's a great way to start things off. 
Um, I love that. You say young yeah. team and us millennials, we're now like 37-ish. Um, you know, I'm 35. Right, but I'm so. 50. So, you know, you're still young <laughs> to me. I appreciate it. Um, and so, <laughs> and and yes, that I would agree wholeheartedly from what I've seen, from what I like as well. The experiential learning means so much, mm-hmm. um, you know, and being able to belong, you know, and feel like you're part of a team that cares about you. Those aspects are super important. Uh, yes, the salary is nice. Yes, the benefits are nice. Um, and other type of perks that can exist, a nice desk and things like that. But when it comes down to it, we want to belong. Uh, we want to connect with those around us and we want to know that we made a difference in their lives um, and that they're enjoying being connected to us as well. So Krista, thank you so much for being here today. This was awesome. Vision Pros, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask them in the comments. If you have any resources you'd like to add, don't hesitate to do so as well. Um, We would love to to continue the conversation offline. Feel free to reach out to any one of us. Um, Shout out to The Water Project. Didn't dive into that too much today, but I know Chris is on the same page. We always want to be giving back. We always want to be looking to do more for others. There's people out there who don't have water right now, not healthy, filtered water. It's an awesome opportunity to contribute. Contribute $1, $5, whatever you have to be able to do that. Shout out to our sponsors, Epiphany and Able Health as well. Feel free to go check out their websites and see what they can offer you. Able Health in terms of improving your health. And if you're female and you're looking to improve your ability to uh, have children, the fertility program is fantastic. On Epiphany side, if you're looking for operational support um, and connecting your systems and you're, you're struggling with a team of tech engineers that really can't grasp the vision of what you do. I highly recommend reaching out to Rick there. Uh, it's been awesome to have everybody today. All these links will be in the uh, comments as well as we release the official episodes. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your week. And Krista, again, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward, we optimize them as the months go by. This is going to get more and more fun. Um, we'll have more and more engagement as well. 